Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. We're the hosts of the Places Where We Go podcast. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places in our own local backyard. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Let's talk about some places where we've gone, Julie. And one of the last trips that we took this summer was to Utah. First stop, Bryce Canyon National Park. So this was kind of an unexpected trip for us because the first plan was we were supposed to go someplace totally different, but then this thing called COVID happened. Our original plans got changed and then we made new plans and Utah happened to uh, be on the list. So first time we've ever been to Utah National Parks. Talked about it a lot. We've always wanted to visit these national parks in Utah. And if people have listened to the last podcast, you would have heard about our new Airstream situation. So this would be the first time that we actually had a chance to take the uh, Silver House out on the road. Tai Ariane. Is the name. We didn't talk about the name last time. We didn't. Tai Ariane. What is that, Julie? Tai Ariane means Silver House. In in Welsh. It's our Welsh So story. if you had listened to any other of our podcasts, you would realize that we went on a UK trip in which we discovered some of our ancestry and we both had some connections in England and Wales. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. So let's talk about where we went and what it is. Bryce Canyon is a national park that is in southwest Utah. We didn't know much about it other than maybe a couple pictures that we saw over the years. It is extremely beautiful, and it has these very, very distinctive geological features, and they're called hoodoos. Hoodoo? (laughs) You do. They were actually really gorgeous features within the park itself. It has quite a geological story to it and how they're formed. And we found out quite a few things from reading various plaques and stuff along the way when we went on some hikes that we're going to tell you about in a moment. But there's different names for these geological features. And the hoodoos are the ones that they're formations that look like they're going straight up into the air. And they're just like columns. And these formations take many, 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 many centuries and millions of years to be created. So just knowing that fact in itself is kind of amazing when you're looking at them. They're usually a soft rock on the top, and then there's harder rock on the inside. So the elements over time wash away the soft sediment, leaving the harder rock, leaving these columns. They are very red or yellow or orange. It has a hue of different colors in it that when you look at it, it's just beautiful to the eye. They're absolutely gorgeous. They were made by volcanic rock formations and the soft sand would just wash away, leaving the harder volcanic rock. So it was just, it was gorgeous. I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't know anything about hoodoos before I went, by the way. I didn't either. I think we probably saw... A video before we went that 
gave us a glimpse of some of these, but I don't know that I've even over the years seen too many pictures, and it was um, it was something to see. Yeah, the elevation when you get to the actual rim of Bryce varies from about 8,000 to 9,000 feet. So it's a little bit up there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was going to be that high. And I know from past trips that we've taken, once we get into probably about 6,000 feet and above, if I'm not hydrated, you know, that's when the headaches start and stuff. So this would be one if you have issues with altitude, you do what you need to do to not get altitude sickness because you are pretty high up. Yes, especially if you're hiking. So when you're hiking, there are some must-haves, and we'll talk about that as we talk Mm -hmm. about the hiking section. Mm -hmm. The park is almost 36,000 acres, and this particular park, Bryce, receives a lot less visitors than Zion, its neighboring park, does. Yeah, I found that interesting and kind of surprising because when we went to Zion, it felt smaller to me. And I think that's just because the main road that goes through it it didn't feel as long as the one in Bryce. So I would have expected Bryce to hold more people and attract more people and actually is the opposite. So Yeah. Well, and Zion has completely different geological features. So you're looking at two national parks next to each other that are totally different. But they're within... What, like an hour or so mm-hmm. apart? Yep. I mean, they're, they're fairly close. So yep. if you plan to go to Zion, Bryce is close enough where if you can schedule a few more days to hit Bryce, well worth it. Absolutely. So we'll talk about how to get there. So I don't know where the closest airport would be. And I think you probably your best bet for visiting Bryce is through your own car. Or if you happen to have an RV... You're going to go on the road, and ultimately, you're going to have to be in a motor vehicle to get to Bryce. Mm-hmm. So we took a route from Southern California via Las Vegas and up into Utah. The One of the things that we did, though, is when you go to something like Google Maps, whatever the shortest direction would have been for us, because of some research that we did before we went, it turned out that our optimal route would be a little bit different, and that's because we were towing a trailer. So, you know, one of the tips would be if you are towing a trailer or if you have a longer rig, do look at an app like something like RV Life, which will tell you what road is optimized for the length of vehicle that you're driving in. And for us, it was a little different route. So mm-hmm. it actually turned out to be a pretty beautiful route that we ended up taking. So ended up kind of doing this northern hoop to um, kind of get around some hillside that ultimately took us into the Bryce mm-hmm. Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't seem too bad of a drive at all. There is a cost to get into uh, the park and their daily entrance fee uh, for a private passenger car is $35. Now we've over the years taken advantage of the National Park Annual Pass and that runs about $80. Um, I don't know if it's changed, but we pay 80 This pass gets you into the national parks across the nation, but there are some amenities that you can't get through this pass, and you will end up paying extra for in certain parks. Some amenities in, in some parks are included within the seasonal pass, so you kind of have to do a little research in that and see what park offers what. Hey, so Julie, so if somebody has the national pass the annual pass which i agree is a totally fantastic you were gonna say this fantastic (laughs) thing to purchase (laughs) 
shouldn't like one thing that somebody remembers is when you're driving to the national park to have it with you yes you should remember that <laughs> and, and what happens if you don't have it with you well hopefully you're very close by to your campsite or wherever yeah, you're lodging because you have to go back and get it it's worth yeah, going so back to get that happened to us we're driving toward the uh the station there where you present your pass and i think what you were digging through your I was digging through my purse my and, wallet yeah and it turned out that we brought the pass with us on our vacation but left it back at the campground uh-huh so we ended up actually turning back on day number one in bryce so i think yeah, it but we were close enough yeah 15 minute drive roughly yeah. or so mm-hmm. but that was not the planned start of the day so no yeah i remember we ended up starting our hike closer to the noon hour and now i remember why that was so oh i remember that clearly i just okay. wasn't gonna say anything <laughs> i didn't have this on my tips for the end of this podcast but i guess tip number one is if you have the <laughs> national park pass make sure it's in your car when you're driving to the uh the park itself Mm -hmm. so highlights we went back to the campground we got our pass and now we're back to bryce we drive through the station there show our pass we get waved in and the first stop that we plan as typical when we visit the national parks is the visitor center so this is fairly quick stop after you get through the main gates but because it was COVID time, it was a little different experience. So there was a limitation, I think it was, on the amount of people that were probably going inside. Yeah, they inside. were monitoring it. They had yeah. somebody stationed on the outside kind of monitoring. Yeah, and I seem to recall like some of the main exhibits that normally that we would see when we go in the visitor center, I think were not accessible. Right. So we just went in to, I remember you bought... Uh, head covering Mm -hmm. I think we did our browsing around and then when we went to get information on hiking for the day that was available in stations that were outside of the visitor center Mm -hmm. so we talked to one of the rangers got briefed on what we needed to know about and then headed out to the Bryce Amphitheater Mm -hmm. so we had to get back in the truck and then head off towards the area that was pointed out by the park ranger i suppose you could walk to it but if you're going to take a hike i would drive there's some parking available in these spots for uh, trailheads so we didn't have a problem at all finding a parking space and off we went Mm -hmm. um, on our first hike so that was the plan of the day was to go hiking and it turns out bryce has eight marked and maintained hiking trails that you can hike in less than a day and a number of these trails intersect each other so that gives you an option as a hiker to kind of craft a path that's going to match the length and time and difficulty that matches your own situation so you know we recommend if you're going to go to bryce do take time if you are able to hike through some of the amphitheater because it is spectacular Mm -hmm. and one of the things that you can do is you you can admire the beauty of this landscape from up above you know get out of your car and look at things but when you once you go into it which you can't do unless you actually you know walk down it's just a whole nother experience yeah the experience of walking through these formations too is quite grandiose mm-hmm. and it's, it's pretty amazing so the main hike that we did on day one at least was the fairyland loop and if you're able to do this hike it's going to take you a good chunk of a day but it's going to be an experience that i think is probably one of the 
best ways to immerse yourself in Bryce Canyon. So this yeah. particular hike was a little over eight miles, I think about eight and a half miles. Yeah. So, I mean, really prepare before you leave for this hike. You want to, first of all, you're going to see some amazing beauty. So don't forget your camera and make sure you're ready for this hike with water. We use hiking sticks. So that's very helpful for us. So just think about what you need because the hike is on the longer side. And not only longer than probably an average hike for a lot of folks, but the difficulty level is rated at moderate to strenuous. You do a bit of incline and changes in elevation on this hike, so that coupled with the length and depending on the time of the year, if you happen to have some heat, that can make for a day that will potentially tire you out. I think there's two different places that you can start this mm -hmm. hike. So one right. is at Sunrise Point, and that's where we chose to start the hike. And I believe there's another place. It's like the Fairyland Lookout or something like that, which is another place that you could start. Yeah, and there's several people that start there because it is actually outside of the park entrance. So you can enter the park without having to pay that fee. So again, we started at Sunrise Point, and as soon as we made the walk from the truck to kind of where the, just past the trail marker, you walk, I don't know, 100, 150 feet or so, and then you're at the edge of this overlook of the amphitheater that's just breathtaking. Mm -hmm. So that was, I think, the first time that we saw the grandeur of this amphitheater. Yeah gorgeous you know the scenery along the way is just absolutely stunning among the things that you're going to see there is feature called tower bridge which is two columns of stone and there's a natural bridge that goes across very iconic the trail is well maintained it's wide enough where you're not going to have too many issues making your way one of the things that i did or that struck me as interesting partly because it was during COVID time, was in part because the trail is as long as it is, there wasn't a lot of hikers on the trail. So we were there in June mm -hmm. and we passed some folks through the hours that we were on the trail, but I don't know if it was even a dozen hikers that we passed on the entire way. So if you're looking for the kind of hike where you're going to be somewhat on your own, but not 100% isolated. Mm -hmm. This is going to be one where you're going to get a chance to enjoy this fantastic scenery without being in you know bumper-to-bumper -bumper people. Yeah, a lot of people, from what I understand, I remember talking to one lady that started on the other side of the trail and then turned around and came back mm -hmm. because she didn't want to hike the whole trail. She knew it was too long for her. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people that... We'll go in, take a look, and then turn around and come back. Yeah. Among the things that I remember on this hike was it seemed that around every turn that you took on the trail, there was something fantastic to see. So as much hiking as we were doing, we were probably doing as much filming and video photography, which takes me to my next caution and warning is... And I am 100% guilty of this <laughs> during the whole hike, mm -hmm. but I would recommend do not hike and film at the same time as you're walking because you're going to be on some of these trails where you're getting close to some 
cliff edges and stuff. And when you're in the moment as I was, you know, the GoPro is out and I'm, I'm walking and filming and uh, you had to remind me a couple of times of, uh, watch where you're going. I was watching you. Cause there might've been an accident. Mm-hmm. Luckily there was not. And you talked earlier about the hoodoos. And so you've got these fantastic formations and within the formations, there was some that start to take on the shapes of you let your imagination run wild. We saw certain rock formations that I remember one looked like an ostrich head, you know, depending yeah. on what the castle one, mm-hmm. one looked just like a castle castles, fortresses, animals. So lots for the imagination to look at. Part of the landscape also, I remember we made a a comment about looking like the big Thunder Mountain ride at Disneyland. I know that's where they got their inspiration and had to have been. So no roller coasters here. You do this whole uh, hike by your own steam. So I remember we were probably halfway through the hike and I believe the ranger had told us, you know, this was going to get kind of toward the strenuous side. And, you know, by the time we were halfway in, I was thinking, eh, this feels pretty moderate. So, you know, it was doing pretty good for us. We did stop and have lunch along the way. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things you probably will want to do, because this will be a several hour hike, is do bring some food to enjoy along the way, as we did. And I think this whole hike, I know it took us over five hours. And while getting to the halfway point felt okay once we started to get past the halfway point that's when we started to get some incline that was starting to happen yeah it was very slight in the beginning i think it was towards the end of the hike that it really you felt it yeah you you started feeling a little bit of going up you know a hill so when you start to get to the end of this trail at least from the direction that we came it'll let you out on what's called the rim trail so that's another trail there Mm -hmm. and we would then have to take the rim trail to get back to sunrise point to get to our car and i remember on the rim trail i think when we started out on that it was fairly level and we thought hey this is going to be an easy jaunt back to the car we'll just get to enjoy the views from Mm -hmm. the rim and that fantasy lasted for i don't know half hour maybe ish or so and then we started to have some inclines on that yeah it it was a lot longer than i thought it was going to be and not that the inclines at that point were large but after we'd been hiking for close to five hours we were uh, i think ready to get back to the car but again you started seeing these amazing views on when you got to the rim and you looked at those absolutely beautiful red mountains and and the hoodoos and the vistas it was just gorgeous so the fairyland hike if you're able to do this highly recommended the visual rewards are incredible again we found it to be not crowded if you take this some tips that we would leave you with i think a few of these we might have mentioned water absolutely essential we each had two liters a piece but the day that we were there temperatures were in the low 80s so if you're going to be there on a warmer day i would bring more water because i went through my entire pack So you'll go through a lot of water. Sunscreen, you're going to be better off with some of this on the exposed areas of your body. You'll want a hat to keep the sun off your face. Julie, you mentioned the trekking poles because of the elevation. And I think on the whole hike, you do somewhere between 1,200 to 1,500 feet change in elevation during the hike. So the trekking poles do come in handy. And then again, bring some food with you, lunch, snacks. That'll give you some energy along the way too. Energy and it's just pleasant. You find a nice little place to sit and have lunch. And I think we're in kind of a dry riverbed 
that we found. It was just, it was very nice. Very nice. So this hike took us over a little bit over five hours to do the entire loop just for an idea. So we're not quite at 60 years old, but we're approaching 60 years old, but we were able to do this. We didn't have any problems. So if we can do it, you know, if you're in decent enough shape, you might be able to do it too. We slept pretty well that that (laughs) night. And that's the, the Fairyland hike. But it's not the only hike that we did. We did hike another trail, and it was one that had many more numbers of people. It had a trail that went down into this canyon. A lot of switchbacks. And it went down fast. So it was it was switching back and forth, and, and there was quite a lot of people on it. So it was a popular place for people to hike. Yeah. I think a lot of people would go down into that very popular section, take a look, and then come back up. We took the whole trail, which is called the Navajo Loop. Which also goes through an area called Wall Street. So I think this Mm -hmm. is probably the most popular section of the park. Yes. We had driven through on our first hike that day before, and we did see this. And I believe we stopped, and we took a look, and we're like, hey, we should do this. So I think that's was our motivation to come back and to take this hike. I'm glad we did. Yeah, we did that on another day. Right. You can't do Fairy Tail and Navajo on the same day. That would be quite hard. I guess some could, but you have to be really young. We started with Navajo Loop, and then we transitioned into the Wall Street section. There was a lot of walking, mainly after you got through those switchbacks, it was mainly pretty straight, pretty moderate hiking. I don't think it was hard at all. What I observed though was I'm going to say like 80 to 90% of the people that would start this walk down the switchbacks would walk all the way until the point that it bottoms out and then would go back. Well, I think that's the popularity of it because there's these canyons and you're in this trail goes right through these canyons. Mm-hmm. You've got these massive wall structures and uh, you're walking through. There's these trees that probably have been there for a very, very long time. It just was beautiful. It looked really cool. And that's, I think that's what people are wanting to see when they go down that trail. And then they turn around and they come back. If you plan to hike the Navajo Trail and if you just take the switchbacks, go to the bottom and turn around, you're going to immediately go from this descent and now you're going to have to put all your energy back into the uphill versus what we did is we just kept on going. And after you get to this part where it bottoms out, you've got a fairly nice length of flat level hike through very different scenery. So you've you've gone through the hoodoos and all that looks beautiful, the canyons, and then you're in this almost kind of foresty looking it's, it, there's a lot of trees in it. It's not the hoodoos. It's the mm-hmm. that's why they call it Wall Street because you've got this just wall of sediment and rock, and they have not yet turned into hoodoos through weather and whatever it takes for them to do that. So you've just got this very colorful, beautiful wall of stone, and it's just it's gorgeous. And if you do continue with the 
trail down below. That's going to give your legs a chance to relax a bit before you take the elevation back up where the trail it ultimately loops around at a different section. So we would recommend do the entire loop. It's not that long and you're going to see some spectacular scenery that again based on our trip for whatever reason most people chose not to do the entire loop. And then one of the things you will see if you do the entire loop is you get to a feature that's called two bridges. So we walked by this and this is when you start the ascent back up and it's kind of in this alcove, this natural alcove. There was a sign in front though that mm -hmm. asked people to not go in. I think they were trying to protect this natural feature. Right, right. But this would be a place where there's two natural stone bridges. So a real nice place to visit to take some photos it's nice and shady in there and then you'll start to make the ascent back up mm -hmm. and one of the super iconic hoodoo features that you're going to see at, at a very nice distance is a thing called thor's hammer yeah i think there was a opportunity to see thor's hammer before you even started the descent there was kids that were pointing it out but on the other side of that hike when you're coming up on the other side of it it is very prevalent. I mean, yeah. it's just you can actually visualize this mythic god holding this hammer. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're much closer to it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's uh, quite a sight to behold. So when I said on the Fairyland loop not to film and hike at the same time, that <laughs> caution comes in double, triple, or quadruple on this particular hike because of all the switchbacks. There is much less room for error. And again, guilty as charged here. You found myself probably doing that a bit too much, but you do have to be quite more careful in this part of the park. Yes, yes. I was watching you. Yes. I have to take care okay. of you. I got some good photos. Some, uh, yes. some of them video? are on our blog and we'll hope to put together a video collage in the, uh, the weeks to come. So two great hikes. We'd recommend doing both of them, and there's probably other great hikes to do, but at least with these two, Fairyland was a longer hike. That's a good full day event. And this other one, I think we probably knocked it out in no more than two hours, wouldn't you say? Two to three. Yeah. I mean, we stop and look and take our time to take our video and our pictures, and, and so it, it was um, a very relaxing hike. Yeah. The uphill descent on the way back of, on the loop was a little tiring. We trudged through. I mean, you, you really got to take a look at those switchbacks and go, okay, I can do this. So for, I guess, some background too in terms of readiness for some of these types of hikes so i typically walk slash run several days of the week so i didn't go into this without having you know a bit of a regular cadence with physical exercise and, and you keep pretty busy too you've got to be cognizant of your own fitness level before you take on something like this so if you're able to hike those are two hikes that we re would recommend. And if you don't feel comfortable hiking, then when you're in Bryce, at least two other things that you can do. One is at some of the overlooks, be it at sunrise point or sunset point, you can just drive your car up there and admire the magnificence of the amphitheater from this overlook above. There are several overlooks throughout the park. The park is very immense. And the main road that goes through there, you will go through 
a lot of viewpoints along the way. That I was going to say would be the second thing that you do is take the drive. And then every so often along the way, there's turnouts with marked points where you can go out and just admire the landscape. And so we did that on our last day in Bryce. And let's talk about some of the uh, vistas that we saw. We stopped at a place called Farview Point. It's one of those panoramas that you feel like you can see forever and ever and ever. It was just amazing. You must be really, really high up in uh, elevation because the view just went on forever. I thought I had read somewhere that this is a location that's got one of the longest views that you can see in the United States. Yeah, and the elevation is almost 9,000 feet, so Mm -hmm. you're pretty far up there. It was gorgeous. I mean, I could have looked at that view for the longest time. It was just really, really pretty. It has quite a large area that you can walk from one end to the other and get different views as you're walking along. It's it's funny how you can move from one place and move 100 yards over and see something different. Yeah. We took a little bit of time at Farview Point, then got back into the car and drove a little bit and then came to another turnout where there's a feature called the natural bridge. Mm-hmm. So this is another one that you drive a bit, you can get out of, your, out of your car, admire this. So this is just as the name indicates, a natural stone bridge. There's you know signage that gives you an explanation about it. There's also some hikes available by it. So if you have time, you could choose to do that or you could do what we did, just get out of the car, admire the natural bridge, take some photos, and then get in your car. And we went to one more turnout. Breathtaking view called Inspiration Point. Yes. It is well worth the stop, I think. And once you get there and you stop the car, you do have to make a bit of a commitment to walk up a hill. This was the only, at the moment, felt like a drawback because I think we had done quite a bit of hiking. And to think about going up this hill and it wasn't a small hill you really had to go up on an incline and this was this would be our last event of the day and we had done already hours of hiking earlier so i remember getting there you park the car and you can actually see from the parking lot this beautiful vista and and at the bottom at the bottom of the hill you can kind of just go up and there's areas where you can view it from there And then you, off to the right of this, there's another trail that goes up all the way to this very, very high overhang. And I remember when we got out of the car, I was thinking that initial view is probably good enough. (laughs) And I remember I was questioning in my head, okay, do I really want to walk up the hill? And we made the decision to do that. Yeah, I I was going to go. And, and then, you you followed. Yeah, and once we got there. Oh, amazing. I think it, it just seemed that it was a great way to end the Bryce experience because the view there from the very tip top, one of the most magnificent things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And at the time of the day too, so this was kind of toward the end of the day. So when you get you know the sun starting to make its descent, you get that play of shadow mm-hmm. on the rocks, mm-hmm. which is just a totally different type of visual experience. Very worth stop okay so let's do some fun facts let's do that so the major feature of the park is bryce canyon which despite its name and i didn't know this it is not a canyon i was shocked to read that 
It is a collection of giant natural amphitheaters along the eastern side of the Ponsanagut Plateau. Another thing that we learned about is the air in this area is so clear that on most days you can actually see some mountain features that are 90 miles away in another state. They're in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So that's as far as you can see. There's even apparently parts of New Mexico that are claimed that can be seen, which are 160 miles away. So I know that where we live, we don't have any views that you can see that far away. So I was recently looking back at some of the pictures that we took and like that far view point, the, the view just went on forever. Yeah. Yeah, So um, amazing views. Yeah. In the daytime. In the nighttime, it is absolutely the place for stargazing. The park has a night sky that makes it one of the darkest in North America. Stargazers can see 7,500 stars with a naked eye. That's amazing. Yeah, which is about triple what you see in a normal place. Yeah, because of light pollution. Mm -hmm. And park rangers uh, host stargazing events and evening programs on astronomy, nocturnal animals, night sky protection. So it would be an absolutely gorgeous place to be in at night. We did not we were close by in a campground one thing that we did notice is that in the evening when we were there the the wind picked up quite a bit so we didn't really venture outside and look at the skies yeah it got ridiculously windy mm-hmm. so yeah unfortunately we had, we did not take up the stargazing at night so we'll have to do that on another trip i didn't even know that this uh the night sky was as prime for stargazing as it happens to be yeah so and and there's a festival in june usually typically that attracts thousands of visitors yeah it's the bryce canyon astronomy festival the last fun fact that we have is that hoodoos are actually real people you know as, as you're walking through them yeah you almost get this sense that you're being watched do you notice that Something like that, yeah. Yeah, you do. The hoodoos look like creatures. And not only did we think that, but the Paiute Indians believed the same thing. And they had the impression that these wildly shaped and wonderfully colored red rock hoodoos were in fact real people that were turned to stone by the crazy god named Coyote. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Now, I mentioned we um, stayed at a campground, but there's other lodging if you choose yeah, I think to clo- go that route. Yeah, close to the park, just before the main entrance, we passed by some motels, hotels. Mm-hmm. We chose a place that was about a 15-minute drive away, and this would be kind of the segue from our prior podcast where we talked about the maiden voyage in the travel trailer that we have. And so this would be the very first time that we stayed unhitched at a trailer park. Mm -hmm. So we did it, Julie. Of course we did. Yes. It was a little nervous before we got there because we've never done this before. We'd never done it before. So it was a great experience Mm -hmm. and we're still learning, but we learned a lot on that trip. Yeah. So we stayed at the KOA in Cannonville. Mm-hmm. Our first KOA ever. I had no idea like what to expect from a KOA. So let's, uh, I guess, like, a few impressions that left with you from this campground. This particular one? Yeah. 
It was very well maintained. I thought they did a great job of keeping the roadways passable. It was rocks. A lot of campsites, um, you're going to find the roadways are just rocks and gravel laid down for you to drive upon. But I thought it it was very well done. A little tight in some spots when we were trying to get through. But The thing that I like, though, one, because it was our very first time in a campground like this, as soon as we got there, they offered an escort to follow to get us to our site. I found that kind of helpful because to your point, the driving through there was a little bit on the tight side. And I think if you did not know exactly where to go, it might be a little more stressful. So it was nice to be able just to follow somebody in the golf cart and go right to our campsite. Yeah, because the layout was, it wasn't a large space. So I think they tried to get as many sites on this space as possible. And it wasn't real intuitive when you looked at it, like mm-hmm. which way to go. So our trailer is a 27 footer and we were able to find a spot at this campground that was a pull through site. So that mm-hmm. made it a little easy. So, you know, we, we pulled on through had the full hookups here. Also at this campground, there is a little general store up by the office. So, you know, nice place. It was place. pretty well stocked. Mm-hmm. I thought it had quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. So if you needed to get some canned goods, some foods, they even had some souvenirs. They had refrigeration section. They even had the uh, 5% Utah beer. Yes. Which I you tried had. one. Oh yeah. my gosh. I forgot about that. Yeah. So we, we bought you one of those. <laughs> What else at the campground? So we did use the shower facilities at the campground. So mm-hmm. those were on the back side of the office. Very clean, very nice. You could see that the people that worked there and or owned it were constantly out cleaning and fixing and making sure everything was running correctly. The one thing that I remember noting that was a bit of a, a little issue was the Wi-Fi connectivity. So... Mm. It did seem to be better for us in the morning, I suspect when fewer people were trying to connect, but by evening time, I had a couple of evenings where I was barely able to get emails on my phone. Right, so right. that was a bit of a struggle. And beyond that, if it was going to be surfing websites or trying to get to the newspaper via the Wi-Fi, it was kind of forget it, you know, it was, wasn't happening. But the staff was super courteous, very helpful. I think there was a few things at the campground that were not open because of COVID. So I think probably like a swimming-ish type of... Yeah, there was a small uh, swimming pool. There's a playground there that wasn't usable at the moment. I'm sure when things get back to more normalcy, they'll open that stuff up. But overall, I think we enjoyed the the KOA. So mm-hmm. if and so the other thing I'll point out about the KOA is they had a variety of options there so if you have a travel trailer or an rv tent it's a place to stay yep i think they even had some cabins yes they did they had Mm -hmm. a mix so this is a place that you could stay even if you don't have an rv type of rig yes they're also the town of cannonville has a market a gas station i mean there's amenities there too yeah and that was walkable from the koa i mean cannonville it kind of struck me as at least the the main town of it like kind of what two three blocks by two three blocks yeah very very small but they had plenty of amenities available yeah we did try to go into the grand staircase escalante visitor center but it was closed at the time Mm -hmm. so that's something in that area that's also available Mm -hmm. and hopefully when the covid eases up a little bit that will open up and that'll be available to you also yeah 
So that's our recap of Bryce Canyon National Park. Now, when we did stay in Cannonville, we did venture out to see some more things, but you're going to have to tune in next time and we'll take you through other things that you can do when you're visiting Bryce Canyon National Park. So, Very exciting things coming up. Yeah. So until then, we hope you're finding opportunities to travel and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us on The Places Where We Go. If you have any comments or info to share with us about travel, you can write us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. Right now we're on Twitter and Instagram, both at The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go. See you next time. Bye now.